This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who know that the Flyers' only resolution is just to not leave Philadelphia anymore. Nope, not doing it. Now, Craig, I know you're not a coffee drinker per se, but I assume you've been in a coffee shop before, right? I have been inside of a coffee shop before, yes. I do like coffee, by the way. I don't know why. Oh, okay. okay. I, I just know you, you enjoy your energy <laughs> drinks, so. Yeah, I, yeah, I've cut that out. You know, switching over to coffee, so. That's because you're lifting, bro. Yeah, yeah, I'm lifting, bro. Yeah. yeah. How much you even <laughs> lift? How many French Bulldogs can you lift? How many can I lift? Yeah. Um, right now? What do you think? How much do you think a French Bulldog weighs? Uh, about uh, 20 pounds. About 20 pounds? I mean, benching? Probably three. Let's do like... Three French let's Bulldogs. Three. All right, there yeah. we go. There we go. <laughs> Greg can bench three French Bulldogs. And uh, yeah, no, my my question involves... My question involves coffee shops. So uh, during last week, we, we took a couple days off. And I, I took a couple days off from the day job as well. And... I was walking around one day and I walked into a coffee shop and while I was waiting for my order, I looked over and I saw this guy just dunking milk and cookies like nobody's business. Like not milk he got there. Like it was Wawa milk he had in this coffee shop. And it wasn't a cookie he got there. It was a thing of like Keebler elf cookies, the ones that are shaped like the elves with the fudge in between. Uh-huh. All right. He's just dunking these cookies. Going it down, dunking these cookies in the milk and scarfing down. He ate at least five cookies while I was in there. Okay. Like, it just seems like a weird thing. Oh, oh just... you, okay, wait, so are you anti-dunking cooks and cookies no. in milk in public? Or I, you... I, I'm all about, you know, hey, enjoy your cookies, enjoy your yeah. milk. Live your it, life. It, yeah. But it, to go into a Starbucks, right? Were you, yeah. <laughs> With the express, the express purpose of sitting there. <laughs> and dunking milk and cookies and, and going to town on those. And not cookie, milk and cookies you got there, but ones you got like at a grocery store or a Wawa or something. That's a weird thing to do. It's very weird. I'm going to I'm gonna assume that was a disgruntled ex-employee that just wanted to piss off his other former co-workers and just made direct eye contact with them the whole time while they were scarfing down cookies and milk. That would be my guess as to what happened there. Just like loudly crunching on each one. Oh, hey, you uh, working the register there? Yeah, I'm relaxing. I'm just enjoying some cookies. I'm relaxing. Just having some Keebler elves. <laughs> the, I was going to say, I, I feel like I've seen that power move done before. Not, uh, obviously not the cookies and milk version. I mean, like going to the coffee shop and not buying anything at the coffee shop. They're just pretty much going there to sit. I've never done that. I always feel like you got to buy something. Even a bottle of water. Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. That's... Literally like a small cup of coffee or a bottle of water. And then I just steal their Wi-Fi for like two hours and I get the fuck out of there. Yeah. But uh, I need to, I got to try the, uh, I, I mean, that's, there's no other way to get that point across that you mean business than going full hand into a glass of milk for, to get that cookie wet. 
Get that cookie get wet. Get that cookie wet. Get that cookie wet. Just drench that cookie of milk. Yeah. So, but five. I mean, so when you have cookies of milk, I haven't practiced that uh, in a while. But how many cookies are you taking for a glass of milk? I don't even know. Like, I just thought it was funny that I was in this coffee shop for only a few minutes, and this guy was just going ham on these cookies. <laughs> just going nuts. <laughs> just going nuts. It just. This isn't like this is. I don't know. Noon, maybe eleven thirty. I feel like that's an appropriate time. To just I mean, start your cookieing. Your lunch, yeah. This is somebody's lunch. I thought <laughs> that was his lunch. Okay, so that's it. That was his lunch. His, his cookies and milk lunch, and I'm just, I'm the asshole for for noticing this. <laughs> no, I think he's the asshole for. He he was trying to draw attention to himself. For it, was, it, it was weird. He was a weird looking dude. He was looking yeah. for these kinds of conversations all across the Northeast, and he's just... He actually he knew. He, he knew Steve Jaco of Fly Purbly would be walking in to that, <laughs> that coffee shop that day, and he would be talking about this at the beginning. Listen, if you're the cookie guy who was in, I guess you would call that, like, like Center City West, like, South Street West, whatever. If you're that guy, and you're a Fly Purbly listener, at me, Fly Purbly on Twitter. <laughs> at me, bro. I was picturing some guy as he leave a coffee shop with like milk milk dripping uh, down his chin. He's just like, "This will get him talking. He'll talk about this." Mission accomplished. Got, <laughs> got him. Uh, well, I mean, if we wanted the segue, I would say uh, what the Flyers didn't get over this current road trip, a recent road trip, was uh, a lot of points. Oh wow! Not a lot of points. Not a lot of success. Not a lot of fun. A lot of painful nights watching this team. Uh, a lot of painful it, it, nights and and late nights and just oh yeah, like, a lot of a lot of side effects from watching this team uh, suck ass for six straight games. Uh, a lot of lost sleep, uh, a lot of a lot more stress around the holidays. Just it was a good time. It was good. yeah. It was yeah. A lot of fun. I'm sure everybody had at least one game on this trip too, where they went, oh yeah, the Flyers are playing. <laughs> I I did that for the Coyotes game because I had previous plans. Uh, and then at about nine o'clock, I was like, "Oh yeah, the Flyers." And then looked at the score, and I was like, "Never mind the Flyers." And that happened better. a couple times. <laughs> yeah, they a lot of rough stretches, a lot of uh, just letting up a lot of goals in the first period, or doing okay to start, and then just a lot of bad patches where they gave up a bunch of goals in like four or five minutes. Just it was not a good, not that short, but not a not a great trip all around. No, it, like they got off to poor starts all the time, which led to like. A lot of games where you turn it on and go, well, I have no interest in watching this. The, the Kings game was like that. The Coyotes game. Um, yeah. And the, even the Golden Knights game, they made it interesting. But still, again, they gave up four goals in the first period then. So. Oh, it started out very bad. And I was just yeah. prepared to just stop watching. And then they came back and I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and uh, so six games, one, four and one. Uh, they were outscored 28 to 16 on the trip and their one win was an overtime. So six straight games without a regulation win. Uh, it's Against the, the Kings. They got smoked by the Kings. Yeah, they got smoked by the Kings. I, I mean, getting smoked by the Sharks too to start the whole trip is not yeah. great either because the, the Sharks are real bad. Uh, I mean, the Kings are terrible too. And uh, I mean, and they shouldn't, the, the Golden Knights is the only one I expected them to, I, I don't think it really mattered how well they were playing. That was going to be a tough game, no matter what. And the Coyotes game was going to be tough too, but it still shouldn't have been six to six to two. Um, and then when they came back east. They looked a little better, maybe, but 
not really that much better against the Hurricanes. But uh, something about something about home and road splits. I don't know what it is with this team playing at home, playing on the road. I know that's been the talking point for the last week, week and a half or so. But it's just it's insane right now. Uh, it's weird. It's an actual thing. Yeah, like it's it's always been something that's kind of been pushed out there before in previous seasons or sometimes uh, people like to look at home and road splits for just certain units. So like they'll talk about home and road splits for the, the penalty kill unit or the power play unit or how they do at five on five, which I don't really I don't really buy too much into that. But when we're talking about just wins and losses at the Wells Fargo Center and away from it. Uh, it's kind of I mean, these two records are obnoxious so at home they're 14 2 and 4 they've only lost twice in regulation and then on the road they are 9 13 and 2 so they've only won nine of their 24 road games uh it i and a lot of it is a lot of it is goaltending um yeah I mean, the carter hart splits alone are just absurd yeah the carter hart splits which i uh, forgot to <laughs> put in here but i was gonna say the the carter hart yeah, road splits on a, the home road are, are ridiculous. And on this road trip alone, he went 0-3-0 and, and had an 8-30 save percentage. Elliot didn't really do that much better. Uh, 1-1-1 with an 8-59 save percentage. Um, and the team defense, looking at expected goals against per 60, uh, which measures uh, the rate at which the defense allows high danger chances against or quality chances against, uh, going into the road trip, they were 224 expected goals against per 60 at five and five on the road trip. They were 2.37. So it was a little, uh, you know, they were giving up a, a little bit more quality chances, but not, it wasn't like the floodgates open. So the goaltending shouldn't have dropped off that much. Um, another like, is there thing something may, in the water on the road is like, yeah, just does Philadelphia else. water. Does the it's water just, make Carter Hart extra strong? Yeah. It's just something. In, yeah. It's a, uh, it's just filled with uh, pretzels and cheesesteaks. It's all that the, the drip off from that. Maybe that's what's going on in Philadelphia water. I don't that's know. I don't have it. any. There's no good jokes for why they're different on the road and home. I don't have anything. I well, got nothing. I, I do have the split numbers for Carter Hart here. All right, hell so yeah. Carter Hart on the road is. I had it and then I didn't. Uh, he's <laughs> two nine and one. Oh God! Yeah. With a four oh one GAA and an eight fifty save percentage. 50. At home, he's 12-1 and 2 with a 152 GAA and a 945 save percentage. A 94 Okay, so we're talking about almost a 100 point swing in save percentage, which is just fucking nuts. And also just I just looking at the trip in last night's game against the Caps alone. I'm thinking about his goals against the Sharks and his goals against the Coyotes. And then last night he helps the penalty kill kill off five penalties against the caps and only gives up two goals. And honestly, both the goals really weren't all on him. I really, the two goals last night and I got in, somebody was tweeting at me about last night, but the, the broadcast crew was going nuts over Hart on that first goal against, I didn't get it. The Flyers had an offensive zone draw. They lose it. It goes down the ice. Sanheim gets knocked off the puck by Ovechkin. We get a pass from below the goal line to, um, to the slot in half a second, and it's in the back of the net. Like, that's a that's a play where the entire team fucked up an offensive zone draw. It should have just been an offensive zone cycle after that. Puck goes down the ice, they give up. They have a turnover in the D zone, and then they give up a high-quality chance. And people like Brian Boucher and Eddie O are going on about Carter Hart. And I'm like, well, I feel like everybody else fucked up. And then the second goal, they were getting cycled on the D zone. 
but Hart had a chance to corral a rebound on a shot from the point. It was an unscreened shot from the point that hit him in the crest. You just have to you just have to cover that. You just have to eat it. And he fumbled it back out into the slot. Nobody was there to pick it up. Caps get it back, and they score like five seconds later. Yeah, and that one is much more on him than the first one. Yeah, like it was, you know, they were getting cycled on, but it wasn't like he was sprawling post to post to make these obnoxious saves and then the defense couldn't grab a rebound. It was like they forced him to make one save on a pretty easy save to not give up a rebound, and then he messed it up and they got scored on. So I'm willing to blame a little heart on that a little bit, but like the first one, I don't know. Like it, but overall, after that, they just shut down. He had a very good second period. So namely, him. namely, he wasn't go, doing the Peter Morazic treatment. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which, so, uh, just I had a quick uh, word on on Hart and the broadcast crew kind of harping on him and yeah, putting yeah. a lot of the onus on him, and that's I, I think that kind of tends to go as like star player treatment because specifically it's been driving me nuts all season with the Eagles and Carson Wentz because. Carson Wentz, he'll have receivers drop the easiest passes in the world, ones that are just oh, yeah. gently laid into their hands, like like, like sweet baby ducklings that need to be <laughs> saved. And they, they'll just drop it. They'll just drop it. And yeah. the broadcast crew will be like, you know, Booker McFarlane will be out there and be like, oh, Tess, I don't know, Carson Wentz that again. Got to throw that better, Tess. Got to do a better, Tess. I'm going to get in the Booger Mobile and block everybody's view now. <laughs> Booger McFarlane. Terrible, but yeah, well, you know it, yeah. it's that whole thing where it's like because that's the star player, they expect more out of that star player. So even though a situation might be more of a team fault, they're still going to put the onus on that star player. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I honestly, I think part of it too is usually what happens in this city is whenever you know the the goaltending isn't great, or whenever things start going south, it's always the goalie that gets blamed. And I think a lot of us are aware that that's the trend that happens. But then sometimes, like, just looking at the numbers, it really looks like it is just they're not making saves. And that's what it came – that's what the difference is on the road. I just don't know how – I don't know what that could be, especially for a goalie, because it's not it, It's not something where the team is just getting caved in in terms of driving play on the road. It's not like they're getting – they're facing a ton more shots on the road. They're seeing a lot of – a lot more uh, D-zone time with the puck. Like, it's not something where they're just facing a heavier workload. It's just they, for some reason, can't stop the puck on the road. And I don't. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's a little nervous. It makes me a little nervous because Carter Hart's big thing coming into the league and what it's been so far is he's a great goalie because he's really good mentally. Like, he usually zones things out. He's able to focus on the game at hand and on the play at hand and doesn't really let the outside noise affect him much. But, I don't know what else it could be besides something mental. If you had this drastic of a split on the home and on uh, on home ice and on the road, two theories. Number right. one, doesn't like the road jerseys. Doesn't like the white jerseys. Not okay. a fan. Can get behind that. Yeah. Theory number two, maybe he just misses his, his home bedroom. Maybe the Flyers just <laughs> need to start going into his hotel room before he gets there. And setting it up like his home bedroom and fly or, his bed in. It's it's not an unreasonable request. I was gonna say, just, or just yeah, fly his house out there. Maybe he should get a go. Madden cruiser, the Carter Hart cruiser, and he just goes around yeah. in that. And that's what I've been and I've been pitching that for a while, and nobody else has said it out loud. But I'm happy that that you finally said it. So now now that it's out there, and that apparently somebody in the Ori listens, that like they should be on this pronto, and then the the whole thing should be solved. The Carter Hart Cruiser, it's solved already. <laughs> uh, 
Oh God, yes, yeah. The, how many? You still? Uh, when was the last time you saw a PT Cruiser? Hmm. Probably two recently because those are I, hideous cars. I haven't. I don't think I've seen one in a solid five years now. If we're being honest, and I'll and I'll be honest about this. So. One of the worst car rides of my life was in a PT Cruiser. I want to say five of the worst rides of my life were in that car. <laughs> one of my friends had that car. It was the worst. I I don't know what happened. I, I had a friend. Yeah. I I had a friend who temporarily had a PT Cruiser while she was first learning how to drive and. Ooh. It was, and it, I think it was like a stick, like it was a rental and it was just horrific. Like it, it just, one of the most just, oh just awful, awful experiences in my life. Just driving down a, was it a state road in Northeast Philly going, oh my God, we are never going to get to where we need to go. <laughs> so there's the worst feeling when you're in a car that you know you're not going to get to where you, where you need to go. That's uh, I want to say... A PT Cruiser stick. I want to say that's that's the worst car you've ever I've ever heard of. Like that's the the car I want to drive the least in my life. That, yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a yeah. Like, uh, that or the the cube. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The cube's pretty bad too. Yeah. I, but see, I think I'll take a I think I'll take a box on wheels over whatever the fuck a PT Cruiser is. Is uh so what flyers goalie all time is a PT Cruiser? P2 Cruiser? Oh, man. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to say Zep. Rob Zep. Is that a good Rob one? Zep. I Rob like Zep is the PT Cruiser. Yeah. Like, it, it definitely felt like a signing where, like, you know, technically we need a goalie. And he is, by all intents and purposes, a goalie. So I guess we'll sign him. Like, you know, I feel like a PT Cruiser is when most people are like, you know what? I need a car, and technically speaking, a PT Cruiser does transport you places. So I'm gonna let's let's do this. So, what do you? What is that? I think that's a fair. I think it is a very fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. Rob Zep is the PT Cruiser of Flyers goalie. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Rob Zep. I was thinking about other guys like I, Ray Emery. I don't think a PT Cruiser fits Ray Emery. Uh, Steve Mason was. I I thought Steve Mason was like actually fine when he was here. I don't have as much hatred for Steve Mason as everybody else. Uh, and then, uh, besides that, so like, I what's, mean, what's an ugly car that you think gets a bad rap? Oh God. Yeah. Now that's a good question. Like one that's like, it's, it's maybe every, a lot of people call it ugly, but it's not really that bad. Like people the bo- just the box always... on wheels. I think the box on wheels. Oh, so the cube. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's Steve Mason. That might be, yeah. It's left-handed larceny. People don't realize that. that oh no, he was right-handed wheel. robbery, and that's why. I, <laughs> that I, I, I that was actually was... that was my single biggest problem with Steve Mason is that because he was a lefty, he had to use a uh, his right hand for his glove hand, so it'd be right-handed robbery, and it just doesn't sound as good. It's it's mm. nowhere near yeah. as cool as left-handed larceny. No, left-handed larceny is amazing, and right-handed robbery is like, eh. Yeah, but it's not as it's not as cool. It's not yeah. nearly as cool, no. So that's I, I think that's actually a fair assessment of, of Steve Mason yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a split between home road with the goaltending. And then um, the penalty kill. I wanted to talk about the penalty kill because also last night they had probably the best performance of the season, shutting down the caps on five different kills and also Hayes scoring shorthanded. But during the trip, it uh, wasn't as cool. Uh, they had a 66.7 uh, kill rate. Uh they killed 10 out of 15 power plays against. I don't even know if that's the right term, but uh, back-to-back games where they did not get a single successful penalty kill, even though Ugh. the opponents had 
a power player or more. So they didn't have a single successful penalty kill against the Kings, but the Kings had three power plays, so they had three power play goals against, and then they only had to kill one penalty against the Golden Knights and messed that up. So in back-to-back games, they gave up four power play goals on four penalty kills, which will kill your penalty kill percentage, but then uh, they're back up near the top of the league now. They've been strong in the last couple games, and last night definitely does help. Um, the only other game this season where they've needed to kill at least one penalty and ended up failing to kill a single penalty was the 6-3 Oilers loss earlier in the year where I thought I was going to lose my mind. Uh, they gave up two power play goals against on two different kills. Uh, and the, the the special team's performance against the Kings may have been the be- the worst special team's performance of the season. Over three on the PK, uh, and they gave up a shorthanded goal. So they scored on the power play, but it was a goal off the rush to make it 5-2 to two in the third period. So not really anything to hang your hat on. And then the they also gave up a shorthanded goal, and the penalty kill did nothing. Um, it was the first time this season they went minus three on special teams, and also the first time they allowed four special teams goals or more against. Uh, and the last time they allowed four special team goals against was the infamous wing game last year. Uh, again, the 7-1 loss against the Jets after they decided to eat wings and pizza to say fuck you Hackstall against the Sabres. Uh, they gave up three power play goals against and a shorthanded goal against on December 9th, 2018. I just love how often that I'm able to work that ref- I'm referencing that game and I'm able to bring it up more and more. <laughs> Damn wings game. Oh yeah. my God. Just, it's, it, it, Oh, it, look it, at us. Ron. It's, yeah. it, it's like kids who just like, you know, their parents went away for the weekend and like, we could do whatever we want. <laughs> and <laughs> then they get damn. sick off the, all the pizza and wings they eat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's to me, it's funny because now everything with uh, that whole season is done. But, you know, it was it was pretty annoying at the time, I, or I thought. I thought it was funny that they got fucking shellacked 7-1 uh, the game after they did that. So uh, so on top of the goaltending and the PK, uh, a couple injuries, because why not? Let's have some fun with that. Um, Hooray. Yeah, so Justin Braun is out with a groin injury and isn't expected back until after the All-Star break. Oh, my groin! <laughs> Does the, is, is that Justin Braun? Is he on the podcast? He is. He's right here. Then, he's in my basement well there you, we should probably we should probably bought him on brought him on before uh you know he probably has something to say about the uh pt cruiser debate if you want to oh i'm get sure he mic, does but, who doesn't yeah yeah don't get his don't ask him now uh and then shane goss is fair he's also going to be out until after the all-star game because he is having arthroscopic surgery on his left knee on tuesday the 14th he's anticipated to miss three weeks from today or at least that's the way i'm interpreting their tweet um and three weeks from today will be the 30th i believe and their the flyers first game out the all-star break is against the penguins on the 31st so braun and go should be back for that uh right now though uh it's uh it's an interesting defensive uh setup they have Provorov and niskanen still sandheim and myers which will be good in the nhl at some point in time sandheim Hi. and myers attorney at law <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna bring some justice to the blue line, and I think Myers, I I love Myers. He has a ton of skill. He has a lot of upside. For some reason, right now, I feel like he just is not. He's just making some dumb plays, or he's, he looks a little lost out there right now. Yeah, he's really aggressive at times. He don't need to be aggressive, and then also I feel like he is just. There's some goals against where he just loses his guy in defensive coverage in the net, and that's why they scored. Uh, his numbers are great, but he is making a lot of 
mental gaps out there. At least I'm picking up on them. And I'm sure that's not shit AV wants to see. So that's why I think he's been struggling to get into the lineup. And then the, the ass crew year, will not like that. That's You get maximum ass that way. <laughs> you get all ass that way. <laughs> get the ass unleashed that way. And then the third pair is Robert Hag and Mark Friedman, which is interesting because then Hag will actually play on the left side, which he should be playing most of the time. And then Friedman. Who I who was supposed to be who's probably the next one up in line in terms of defensive prospects that can make the NHL for the Flyers. It's just he hasn't, you know. This is coming after we have been waiting for Proveroff and Sanheim and Ghost and everybody like that and 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 Myers. And now Freeman's probably the next one in line. Been kind of a log jam on the blue line for a while, uh, but so far this season he has two goals on 61 shots and eight assists for 10 points and 24 pims and 28 AHL games. Last night he played 11:49, all at five and five. He had one hit, played 10:51 of his 11:49 with Hag, had a 31.25 shot attempts four percentage and 38.71 expected goals four percentage. Pretty bad, but. They weren't on the ice for a goal against. And also, I thought Freeman I thought Freeman played safe and responsible and was always thinking defense first, which for a guy in his role is all we kind of need right now. And he's got a lot of mobility, and he had a lot of successful plays last night transitioning the team, uh, transitioning the puck from the defense to the offensive zone for the Flyers in situations they needed to do that. And he also broke up a couple of rushes going the other way. Uh, I, I mean, I want to see more of him. I think he could be, he could play a factor into the rest of the season, even when Ghost and uh, Braun come back, because the third pair has kind of been up for grabs for a while here, and apparently, Ghost and Myers really don't, Ghost Myers and Hag really don't want to, you know, settle it. I guess so. Maybe if Freeman keeps playing well, he can stay on as the seventh. I don't know, but I want to see what he can do because we've heard about him for a little bit of time now. And this is his opportunity to step up. There's six games between now and the All-Star break. So I think, unless they do something drastic between now and um, Saturday, which, given their cap space, I really don't think is going to happen. Uh, it looks like we might get a little bit of Mark Freeman here in the uh, NHL. So, uh, well, yeah. Well, you know, it's, I mean, I'll I'll take a guy playing it safe, I guess. And as long as he's not, you know, doing that hag thing of registering well, like eight hits on eight hits you've never seen like well like, that's the thing like watching him last night i felt like he wasn't doing anything like that and i felt like he was i felt like he was a fine puck moving defenseman if that makes sense like i didn't he showed no offensive instincts like if there was no point last night where i thought he was going to score i enjoy nice friedman because he has no aspirations beyond defense <laughs> and and but defensively he whenever the Cavs got the puck he was always drifting back and making sure nobody was getting behind him there's a play last night in the third period where Hagman tried to sneak out near the boards behind everybody and get deep and Freeman stayed in front of him and broke up a pass that was going to Hagman so he can't he canceled what could have been a breakaway for Hagman and he had a bunch of plays like that and he also his mobility just helped in the D zone he was able to jump on a bunch of loose pucks after puck scrums and get it out of there pretty quick so and i think i think that's been part of the problem with i mean hag and ghost hag is i, I know i know the hag hitman were out last night because he scored a goal which again 
first goal of the season, first goal in 31 games. But, you know, sure, we can talk about his offense or something. Watch out, brother. Here come the Hag hitman. <laughs> well, the thing the thing with Hag is, like, I don't even – the thing with Hag is his numbers are bad. But even if you don't pay attention to the analytics, like, I just don't know how you watch him and – he just i feel like he's just routinely making mistakes out there or i feel like he's just routinely being super aggressive the big thing i always pick up on that i feel like nobody else has mentioned is he does a thing where you know it's hag think of hag compared to the rest of the defensemen on the team he is the i feel like he's the most aggressive with jumping up in the zone for a pinch and then just sitting there and waiting for more offense to happen <laughs> rather than jumping Great. up making the play and then getting back to the point like he'll jump up have a shot block and then stand at like the bottom of the circle for two seconds and the puck starts going the other way. And he's like, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be back there. And then it becomes like an Amir rush. And it's like, what are you doing? He just moves up and he goes, this is where I live now. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what it is. And like other players will do that, but I feel like they're not down there for as long. And as soon as the puck's gone, they're moving back. I don't know. That, well, or and- if Gostas bears up there, Gostas bears at least like moving around, trying to get the puck and make something happen on offense where as if Hag moves up there, he's just like, "Hey, hey you want to yeah. move, buddy? Maybe." <laughs> and also, like the goals, he, I mean, it doesn't matter how you get the goals; he gets them. But like the goal last night was not anything special. He just got the puck through traffic. Uh, it happened to Nutmeg TJ Oshie. Like it wasn't. He didn't like do. A, he didn't carry the puck along the blue line and then set up a great like slap pass or anything. There's no. There's no offensive upside, and I feel like the defensive side of his game gets blown up a little bit because people out there that hate hearing about how bad Hagar are just want to fight the people that are always complaining about him. That's I I don't think anybody actively likes Hag. Yeah. Well, like, the I, funny I thing know. about Hag to me is that he's a guy that is typically liked by people who favor the eye test. Right. But yeah, when you actually watch him, he doesn't do anything impressive. So it's confusing. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I'm pretty sure it's just, it, but the, I feel like it was the same thing with McDonald last year. Like, I think there are just people that get tired of having it pointed out to them that one of the defensemen are fucking terrible. And, like, Hag, even this year, I feel like Hag hasn't really even hagged it up as much as he usually has in the past. Like, he hasn't been downright terrible, but he still he still makes gaffes, like, often. And also, I know we mentioned Ghost, too. Ghost has been terrible this year. Um, and that's why I keep talking. That's the only reason why I'm bringing up Freeman because uh, he, I mean, he didn't have any calls to turnovers last night. He wasn't really caught out of position at all. Uh, and those aren't things you can really say about ghosts all season, this season. And if we're not going to get the offensive upside of ghosts, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I I want to see more Freeman. I'm not saying replace Freeman with Ghost, but I just want to see what Freeman can do because I think he could actually be this just in on this team. This just in. Craig Forsyth says trade Shane Gostas Bear for nothing. Immediately. (laughs) Trade him immediately for a fifth round pick. It's the best you're gonna get. Move on. Cut bait. Well, the thing now too with Ghost is uh the injury is gonna hamper what I think a lot of people thought he might get traded by the deadline, trade deadline. So now they think this stretch of play where he's going to be on the bench is really going to kill that argument. But I mean, if they want to trade him, they can still trade him. There's nothing. I don't think there, he wouldn't have done anything differently in these six games that GMs would have seen earlier in the season. So if they really wanted to have at it, but I want to see, I mean, if they can get a forward for him, that'd be great. I don't think they're trading ghosts by the way, but we'll see. Craig wants it real bad. (laughs) That was one of the talking points. So I thought I'd, 
thought I'd bring it up. Uh, but Brownell out with a groin injury. Um, he has 10 points this season. He's got two goals on 52 shots. He's also got eight assists and 42 games played. Again, like I was talking about, the defensive effects of Braun on the ice. He's not, when he's out there, it's not pretty. It's really not. I mean, because when they do get scored on, it's usually him losing a net front battle or he gets burned one-on-one somehow. But for some reason, when he's on the ice, the Flyers give up less shot attempts against and also less high-quality chances against. And looking at, this is based on, you know, surprise stats, uh, 150 D-men have played 600 or more minutes at 5-5 five five this year. Braun has allowed the 10th lowest amount of shot attempts against per 60 uh, with 42.23 or 49.23 per 60. And then he's also tied for 28th in uh, the quality version of that stat. So he's high end when it comes to just eliminating chances overall. It's just when those chances work for the other team, he's usually looking like a dumbass out there. (laughs) It's usually what it like. He's usually looking real bad on the play when he's bad. Um, He's real bad, but when he's good, he's fine. Like, I don't have a problem with Justin Braun. He might be, I don't know. It's just kind of there. He's he's cool. He's Great. a big there guy for me. Yeah, that I mean that's he's a there guy for me that I tend to like more because he is he's a stay at home guy who's only going to provide defensive impacts for the team. Like he's a stay at home dad. Did I just say that or not? No, you said stay at home guy. He's a stay at home dad, and he's just doing it for his kids because he loves them that much. His kids, you know, Ivan Provorov, Shane Costas, Pear, He's the stay at home dad of the defense. That's the way we could look at him. He's He's Mr. Mom. (laughs) But, like, those players usually, believe me, and I know the people that have been listening to this for a while, I don't care about those guys. But when they have positive impacts on the team and they're able to just keep opponents from doing anything at five and five where they're out there okay i'm interested if he's able to be a nicholas jalmerson or a vlasic from a couple years ago great i don't care that's wonderful like then i just i'm not expecting to provide any offense and then i know that fans will get mad because the only time they're going to notice him is when he's getting scored on so that's but whatever um and then ghost yeah we've talked about uh, 12 points in uh 40 games this season he's got 70 shots on goal and he just hasn't quite uh looked like himself so maybe um maybe whatever maybe the surgery will just help him find his uh his monster level of uh athleticism again monster (laughs) maybe that's what's missing he just needs yeah he should he just needs an interdimensional beast to come in and and steal his player essence and yeah, just that's, that's all I need. Start hanging out with uh, Muggsy Bogues and like uh, Scotty Scotty Pippen and whoever. Bill Murray. Else. Bill Murray. Yeah. I mean, we'd all like to hang out with Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he hangs out with. A lot. Is he still doing that thing where he just goes around, hangs out with people, and then like disappears? I would assume. Yeah, yeah. Like so, he would do that. Know. He he just crashes your wedding, eats all your food. Yeah. D- <laughs> yeah. Sleeps with your wife, all that stuff. <laughs> Can you imagine that story? I'm just yeah, imagining he's... Bill Murray now, like uh, like a feudal king, who shows up and it's like, <laughs> "I've come to take what's mine." Yeah, yeah, BM stopped by. You know, he did slept my wife. It was a joke, though. He was joking around. It was it was cool really guy. funny. Cool it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Cool guy. He's hilarious. Y'all like striped. You like straps, right? Yeah, it was a good movie. I mean, that was yeah. Remember when he showed up in Zombieland? Hilarious. Slept with my <laughs> wife. I've never forgotten it. Uh, also, with the defense, real quick. Uh, pretty much if anybody else gets hurt over these next uh, next six games, it's gonna get it's gonna get real weird because uh, the Flyers currently have five hundred and forty seven thousand dollars, seven hundred and seventy seven bucks in cap space. Uh, and they is that have, monopoly money? 
pretty much, yeah. I, I also said money twice there instead of just saying it at the end. But they uh, not not a lot of cap space, and also not really anybody else to call it from the AHL. Uh, here are the options in case you were curious and you didn't believe me. Uh, Nate Prosser. I was. Uh, Nate Prosser making 700k. Tyler Watherspoon making 700k. Reese Wilcox making 675k. So is TJ Brennan, and then Andy Walensky. Uh, you know, uh, waiting on Walensky. Waiting on Wellesley, sorry, 750K. And then Any Chris day now Pickard, for Wellesley. Any day now. 700K. This, I mean, it might be coming up here. We might actually be sincerely tweeting, waiting on Wellesley, because uh, these are the options. And if they, if somebody else goes down, they have to, they're going to have to figure out a way to maneuver another person off the roster and then maybe call up one of these guys. And honestly, out of this lot, uh, TJ Brennan, I guess. I don't know. Like Nate Prosser. Give him a shot. Hockey. Give him a shot. Uh, Nate Prosser, bad at hockey. Reese Wilcox, very bad at hockey. Um, Chris Bigra, I mean, Chris Bigra and, like, Tyler Watherspoon, who cares? I mean, they could they could be the Andy Androff of well, defenseman for me. I like mean, I we're, we're missing an obvious one, and I, I don't know why it hasn't been brought up yet. And, I, I mean, they've got a clear leadership void without this guy. What what about AMAC? Mm, mm, I see what you're saying, but now <laughs> <laughs> i don't even i don't even want to joke that into existence we're just gonna just gonna no i heard he was at the spangler cup so good for him there you go he's doing uh he's definitely still playing hockey i don't know where but i'm sure he is out there i'll tell you who won't be playing hockey for the flyers in the recent string of games coming up here steve or the the next couple of games going up here that would be uh Morgan Frost, Mikhail Vorobiev, and Andy Androff. That's a transition right there. Yeah, thank you. I'm killing this. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good on the segue game right now. But uh, those three, Andy Androff got waived like months ago, and then they finally put him down. But uh, You're almost as good at the segue as uh, Gritty. Oh, I thought you were going to say the guy that invented the segue. As the guy who invented the segue. Actually, and I was wrong because Gritty rides a hoverboard around the Farg. So. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, also, didn't the guy who invented the segue die from riding a segue? Most likely. Yeah, so, most likely. I like how I like how you don't know, but just me saying that, you're like, you know what? Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, It like, checks out. It makes it. sense to me. Uh, but Morgan, okay, so the Morgan Frost emotion, at first, I really didn't care. Like, I got it, because he kind of did hit a lull. He didn't really look like he belonged in the top nine, and also... This is this regime. It's not the last regime. So if they they could easily just pull him down from the AHL for a bit, and we could still see him like the middle of February. I'm not gonna not not gonna lose sleep over it. Now I kind of really want it because they just made me watch Verobia for more games in a row, and also I feel like there is a clear spot to be had in the top nine. Because um, I'd rather want I'd rather want Frost as the third line center rather than Lawton or Raffle, and you can have Lawton or Raffle on the fourth line. So that is my line of thinking, but in 18 games so far this season, Frost had seven points, two goals, five assists, averaged 13.46 time on ice, uh, 51.85 shot attempts, four percentage, 48.96 expected goals, four percentage, break-even war rating. But he he uh, drew and connected at five and five, a little over 92 minutes together, 57.5 course, four percentage, and 54.2 expected goals, four percentage. Weren't really fortunate in terms of the results. Uh, they only had three of the nine goals they were on the ice for. But when he was put with skilled players, uh, they did a pretty good job driving play and creating offensive chances. And I know it's Drew and Konechny. That's, the, you know, two pretty good teammates to work with. And Frost may end up in 
uh, hashtag pushing the boat when it came to drive and play with that. But he, I won post skill players he was producing. So hopefully whenever, whatever he has to work on the AHL, he comes back up and he looks better on the third line with, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind Voracek and uh, Kasha playing with him again. I don't sure. know if that would be the worst. Yeah, so. The Frosty Checks. Reunite yeah. the Frosty Checks. Well, you, yeah, bring back the Frosty Checks. I mean, did, what do you think of the demotion now? What are your thoughts and feelings on Frost being sent down? Because it was very much uh, a talking point. It I, just happened happened a while ago between the last perps and this perps. Been a while. Uh, I get it, but at the same time, I don't know. Verobia. Ugh. Yeah, Verobia. Well, I, yeah, I, cool. I remember a time when we were very optimistic about Verobiev, and that is not this time. <laughs> that is not the current state, and I don't think it's going to be anytime in the near future. But like the the thing too with Frost is I, because AV does make a distinction between the top nine and the fourth line. Like the fourth line doesn't get nearly as many minutes, so I'd rather Frost just be playing on the top line and top six in the AHL rather than the top nine in the NHL. And I know that's been a thing in years past, but and I've usually pointed out the other way around where I'd want the player on the fourth line, but usually when we're talking about these players we're talking about over Rubiev or Akasha who whose realistic NHL ceiling is probably a bottom six guy. So um but the the other I mean Vorobiev, yeah let's talk about it. Dude he I I think I'm done with Vorobiev. He's got a lot of chances to make a point about how well he can be uh, how well of a player can be in the NHL and he hasn't really proven it yet. Um He's got three points in 20 games this season. His goal this year wasn't really that skilled, a little more about luck. And when you think about his goal last year, the one goal he had in the league last year was very lucky as two abs collided yeah. and ducked the puck. So. I think I watched, a, I watched a YouTube video when I was like hungover one day, and it was best sports <laughs> bloopers, and that goal was one of them. Like best oh, sports really? bloopers yeah. of the decade, and that was one of them. <laughs> yeah, so the, and those are two. And the other one was... I think it was against the Sabres. He threw the puck on that through traffic, and they assumed somebody else redirected it, and they were like, oh, no, nobody touched that. So it just went in. So those are his two goals. And I know he's getting, you know, bottom line minutes, but still he hasn't. Two points in the 14 games he had during the stint, uh, averaging 11.07 of ice time a night. On the season, 191 minutes and 34 seconds at 5-5. Five and five. He has a 45.88 Corsi 4 percentage and a 35.73 expected goals 4 percentage. That is fucking terrible and also his war is the second worst war among flyers forwards he's negative 0.5 the only flyers forward that's worse than that this season is chris stewart has minus 0.6 so chris stewart brings to the team and then realize verobia's doing just a little bit more than that (laughs) and that's that's where you are with that i mean also he's been on he's had a ton of terrible plays over the last however many games i Two goals against the Vegas Knights that looked terrible. The one where Patch Reddy just walked him in the neutral zone, and then he just lost him in coverage in the D zone. Uh, and then the other one, uh, the first goal of the game, Theodore stepped up into the slot for a goal, and it was high in the slot, and everybody else was in position. Verobia was just late in coverage getting out high into the slot. Like, he didn't see Theodore stepping up into the play. And then, even last night, I went back, I wrote the article about Freeman, talking about what type of game Freeman had. Freeman had 13 shifts. I just went back and I rewatched those shifts to gather what happened. During the hit, I saw Verobia mess up twice. He had a delay of game. Freeman won a puck battle, got Verobia the puck behind Hart's net, and then Hart and Verobia just decided to uh, fling it out of play over the glass. And then there was another play. One of the plays where Freeman looked bad last night was Verobia had the puck behind Hart's net. He was going left to right. 
he had a cap coming down towards him, but he still had plenty of, of space to just wrap it along the boards to the right without any contest of the puck staying in the zone and would just clear the zone. Instead, he turns around and passes it to Freeman at the side of the net, on the other side of the net, you know, to the left of Hart. And there's already a capital on top of Freeman, so Freeman has to try and wrap it around, and that gets picked off, and they get a scoring chance two seconds later. So that's the type of shit Vorobiev does, I feel like, on a, routinely based, on a routine basis. And then he's not doing anything offensively to cancel it out, and he's not, he's not clearly carrying a line where he's outplaying the other fourth liners. So I think I'm done with Vorobiev. That's my stance. I don't think that's a hot take. <laughs> Good day, sir. I am. I mean, what are you done with Robiev too? Are we all done with Robiev? I don't know where we as a society stand on the kill of You lose. I, Good day, sir. I feel like he is just not. Yeah, he's just not going to cut it. Is that fair? That's that's fair. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> okay. So I'm sorry. I, I simplified it to Wonka speak, but oh, okay. I was like, I didn't yeah. know we were Wonka, Willy Wonka, in it. So my bad. Come on. <laughs> They're too busy walking off over there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, hey, yeah, good night and good hockey. jokes. <laughs> uh, Andrew off. We already talked about, but he got waived uh, like six years ago. He had five shots on goal, two pims, and a minus two in his seven games for his second call up. No points. Uh, 107.55 and 5 and 5 time. 46.2 shot attempts, 4 percentage. 45.18 expected goals, 4 percentage. Negative 0.3 war. Again, Andy Androff, really don't care. I was only interested in him at first when it seemed like AV was content just having Twarinski and Stewart on the fourth line, and they were consistently getting caved in. I was like, hey, maybe we should put somebody who can skate there. And then they put Androff, and the first couple games they didn't get caved in. And I was like, let's do, let's do Andrioff. <laughs> let's do that. But he is, he's the Andy Walensky of forwards to me now. I could care less. Andy, Andy, Andy. And then, uh, and then, yeah, that was it. And then who was the last guy? Who was just, oh, Kasha. Kasha. Yeah, I'm excited to see Kasha again. I like Kasha the first time up. It made sense he got demoted. But I think on, in a fourth line role, his speed and uh, tenacity on the four check will be a positive. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I like Kasha. I- I'm glad he's back up. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think of the lines. So the lines would be, last night, Drew, Katuria, Konechny, JVR, uh, <laughs> KPH, NAK was the top six. And then I would assume the third line now is going to be Voracek, um, Voracek, Lawton, Pitlick. And then the fourth line would be Kasha, Raffle, and um, Farabee. Or Farabee moves back. I want to see Farabee back in the top nine, too. But I understand. He he's also had some uh, he also has some mistakes in coverage, too, like Myers. But every I feel like Farabee, at least to- two or three times a game, has a ridiculous pass. Whether yeah. it's, a, it's like a three-line pass or he just... You don't know somebody else is there. You don't know of Flyers there on the ice until Farabee, like, turns his head and passes it to him in a quarter second. So I feel like he's had some ridiculous passes the last month. Right, he has but, those rookie mistakes, but he still has those flashes of brilliance. You can and, see the upside. Well, and yeah. I think the thing is with Frost versus Farabee is Farabee at least has that size that the coach likes to to yeah. kind of compensate for any of those deficiencies. Whereas Frost, yeah. you know, when you're Frost's size, essentially, if you're not producing amazing offensive plays, you're not quite going to have yourself in the good graces of a coach as much as a, a bigger player might be. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think, um, so I think that's true. And then I also think, I, I don't know how much it factors in, but I think the fact that 
Frost has primarily played center and Farabee's played on the wing. So Farabee has a chance to take up two spots on a line and Frost is only... Frost pretty much realistically only has two spots or even more based on how they've been doing this. They probably only want him at 3C. It seems like they're not comfortable using him as a fourth line center. And he's not going to play on the wing. So I, I think um, Farabee has switched on both wings this side or both sides of the wings this year too. So I think that might help. But anyway, that's whatever. Who cares? I mean, right? Who cares, right? You know, it's just hockey. It's just yeah, a game. I Let's mean, talk about the batch. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, let's, we got, we got other stuff to do first. <laughs> <laughs> we got, I got a lot more hockey stuff. To, uh, you want to just Oh, wow. The, I don't want, yeah, I want to save the batch for the end. The people are listening. They know, they know it's coming. Do they? I, well, I mean, now they will. They had to wait until this point in time, but now they're now they're not going to not listen to me talk about World Juniors. <laughs> World Juniors. World Juniors. Let's let's talk about a uh, being an All Star, first All Star game. Yeah, I could talk about this for a while. By a while, I mean maybe five minutes. But <laughs> I mean, what what is there to say beyond well no, no, deserved? No, there's literally he's nothing the, to talk about. I mean, he's well an deserved. He, he's an all star, and he is definitely the most deserving flyer because he's having a breakthrough season. He has been the offensive spark plug for this team. He's just been a dynamo. He's been awesome, and he's still an asshole, <laughs> and I love him for it. <laughs> yeah, he's still. He's still doing TK stuff out there. We're also providing a scoring chance every shift. So, yeah, I think he's definitely the obvious uh, choice. And also, I want to talk about Claude Drew. He's not going to come out and say it. He's going to say he wants to go to the All-Star game because he has the chance to make it as the last man in vote. Don't vote him in. The guy just had a kid. I'm sure he just wants to go home and sleep for a little bit. Just leave him alone. Don't don't make him. This directly negates the challenge I left on the Flyers forecast about this. Which was to get him in to the last man. Yeah, I, I said, you know, I don't think we're good enough fans if we don't get him in. <laughs> yeah, well, now I'm gonna. Yeah, okay, fair. No, no, well, it, well, yeah, 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 you know, if he if, if he, he doesn't make it, man up I, and and stay your point, you know, man up. If if they don't, <laughs> are you want the last man up here? <laughs> last man up, yeah. Look, if he doesn't make it, we're bad fans. If he does make it we're assholes because we should just let him like stay at home and lay in bed all day and like get the, get those cat naps in that he probably needs. That's how about that? That's our official stance. There's no way anybody can win this situation unless he is a true, no win, a, a loss, loss catch 22. Some would say that would actually be a lose, lose, lose. Oh, no, wait a minute. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about Tyler Bertuzzi's quote here about the all-star game. Cause it is, Extremely depressing, and as as you've seen with the uh, Ron Hazy Ron Hansy quote from the other week, uh, I like finding those. So, this is what Tyler Pertuzzi told Helene St. James, a beat reporter for the Red Wings. Uh, quote: If they didn't have to pick someone from every team, I know I wouldn't be there, but I am excited to get this opportunity. So, at least he's aware of the situation. At least he gets. It. <laughs> Hooray! That is, I didn't. I doubted how depressing this quote was going to be, and man, I was wrong. I don't. When it comes to depression, I don't mislead you. I can hit the money when it comes to being depressed or finding depressing things. You know that's like one of my skills. It's like when it comes that... to depression, I don't mislead you. <laughs> when it comes to depression or advanced stats that some people know, like those, those are one and two, baby. That's I like how you're right es- you're essentially pitching depression like a car salesman. <laughs> Co- 
comes down to Craig Forsyth's home of depression, when it comes to depression, I won't mislead you. I'm gonna. I want to get you into this 1992 slightly used depression by the other day. What's that? What's it gonna take for that to happen? <laughs> Some problems with the transmission, but believe me, you'll be thoroughly depressed by the other night. So, yeah. So I mean, maybe you can sell it. I don't know. I'll figure out something. I gotta. It's all about. It's all about that side hustle. So I'll figure it out. Uh, I was gonna talk about. Let's talk about some stats from the games. Talk about the World Juniors too, and then we'll get to uh, we'll get to the batch. Is that is that fair? Is that good? It is acceptable. A lot of a lot of tension acceptable. on this episode where we're supposed to be brought together by the the, the batch update. It's supposed to be bringing us together, Steve, and it is the thing that might crumble this empire. <laughs> empire is that what we're calling it these days? No, we're not. <laughs> No, but I want everybody to think that, you know, I, for some reason I have a gigantic ego. <laughs> well, about for, so, for some reason. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm, yeah, I mean, you know, I gotta, yeah. Uh, Sharks game. Let's talk about the Sharks. Sharks. Uh, Aaron Provorov's ninth goal of the season, which was a power play goal. Uh, he had seven goals all of last season. Now it's nine goals. It's on pace for 18 goals. Uh, he also had, it was his sixth power play goal of the season. Uh, he came into this year with two power play goals over his entire career and now has tripled that halfway through the season. Uh, by the way, he turns 23 on January 13th, so not doing too bad. Uh, uh, Kevin Hayes, overtime winner against the Ducks, his third career overtime winner. He had one in the 2015 postseason with the Rangers. Also had one last year with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, also with this game, I just wanted to point out the uh, Jake Voracek experience, uh, which was on the overtime goal. Handed the puck directly to the Ducks nearly for a game-losing goal. Got the puck back after a save. And then had a three-line pass to Kevin Hayes for a breakaway goal. So welcome to watching Jake Borchek every single night of our fucking lives. And then Curtis McDermott. <laughs> uh, Kings game. Uh, the 5-3 loss to the Kings. Borchek had a pair of assists. So he had uh, three straight uh, multi-point games. He had three two-assist games. And then Curtis McDermott. Uh, eventually got a two-game suspension for his hit on Provorov, the hit where he launched himself. Well, he didn't really launch himself. He just kind of lined up Provorov from halfway across the ice and tried to take off his head, and then he went to the Flyers bench where Ghost and Hag promptly shoved his ass back out onto the ice, which is probably... Play of the year. For both of them. Yeah, I mean, that's the best thing either of them have done all season. And it was, I got to admit, I'm... You know, I, Steve, something I miss about old-time hockey. If that dude, if Curtis McDermott laid on the bench or landed on the bench like 10 years ago, man, that dude was not getting back up. Oh, yeah. If Kurt McDirt, Kurt McGirt, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt McDirt, McDirt, that's what I was going for. Kirk McDirt. If he did that back in the old days, back in the 70s, my God, he'd have Hammer right in his face. Even if he did that in the early 2000s, he'd have like hey, yeah. the entire Flyers bench right just whacking him with sticks and, and dropping <laughs> gloves and oh my god he'd have Baruby and uh, uh Brashear circling him like sharks yeah i was gonna say yeah so if coach Mc, coach mcgurk like if this happened yeah like early 2000s <laughs> coach mcgurk it definitely would have just you it would have been a thing where you could just see them like pushing him down or just kind of making sure he wasn't getting up this time you know this day and age that's how soft the league's gotten God, let me tell you. I mean, oh my God! Is there even hitting allowed in hockey anymore? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have time for this, but please enjoy my other two hours of hockey thoughts. Uh, let's see what else is here. Um, Caps game. 
yeah, best PK performance of the season. This was the note I put. It's the fourth time this season they didn't allow a single power play goal against while having to kill five power plays. Uh, they haven't had to kill more than five power plays in a single game this season. The other three games were the, the second game of the season, the 4-0 win over the Devils, the 7-4 win over the Blue Jackets, and then the 4-1 loss to the Wild on December 14th. The Blue Jackets is the only other game that they've also scored a shorthanded goal while doing that, and Hayes also had the shorthanded goal with that. But considering the two uh, teams, the Blue Jackets and the Caps, I think last night's performance is better than the one against the Blue Jackets. Also, Hag scored, ended a 31-game goal drought, as I mentioned, and then his last goal was on March 23rd against the New York Islanders. So offensive dynamo. I mean, I know Hag's on the line for offense. I just don't think his, uh, I don't think his fucking defense is that great either. But that's neither here nor there. World Junior Championship update. Uh, so I wanted to talk about Igor Zamula a lot for this because Canada won gold, but they beat Team Russia in the gold medal game. So Russia went home with silver and Sweden took home bronze. So Igor Zamula took home a silver. Adam Ginning took home a bronze. Zamula had a pretty impressive tournament. Um, five points, two goals, which both came in the opening game of the tournament. Also had three assists after that, six penalty minutes, and plus two in seven games. Uh, he had the most amount of ice time for Russia in five of their seven games, including the gold medal game where he played 24-27. Legitimate a while. Yeah, and then the game before that, even before that, to beat Sweden, over, to beat Sweden in overtime, he played 25-49. And the thing about this is, that's a lot of ice time, as is. But also, for World Junior, you get a couple extra skaters and... I mean, I think some of these games, nobody else was breaking 20 minutes and he was playing 22, 23 minutes a night. Um, the reason why that's upsetting is because it looks like he could be the next Phil Myers. He could be the next diamond in the rough that Hextall found when nobody else was paying attention. Uh, it was just announced at like 7 o'clock tonight that he has had season-ending back surgery, or he's about to go into uh, undergo back surgery that will end his season. So pretty <sighs> upsetting and Sorry. just... Pretty much, if you like any young player on the Flyers or in the system, stop doing that because they're apparently just going to get hurt, and that's that's all that's going to happen. Just but, stop loving them. Yeah, just set them free and don't think about them, and then they'll go on to win a Norris or the Rookie of the Year or whatever. Uh, Bobby Brink and Cam York had pretty quiet tournaments for Team USA. Uh, Brink had a goal, a power play goal on three shots, and he also had a secondary assist on the power play for two points in five games. Um, he had his power play goal against Germany, which was a 6-3 win in the opening stage. And then he had the secondary assist on um, a goal against Canada and a loss to Canada. He played under 10 minutes in Team USA's last two games. Uh, he had a pretty good first two games of the tournament and then just started getting less slice time for, for reasons. Um, and then York is really the big one that was kind of mystifying. Uh, I he's I believe he said he was injured. The coach wasn't uh, Sandalin wasn't aware that he was injured, and then ended up pretty much being used as the seventh defenseman. Uh, zero points, two shots on goal, two pims in five games. Least amount of ice time out of any of the skaters on Team USA for four of the five games. Yeah, all five, yeah, all five of his games he was used for under nine minutes of ice time, three of which were under seven minutes. Uh, yeah, so I think cut bait. <laughs> yeah, give up on him already. No, I, I mean, in the limited time, he looked fine. It wasn't like he was just out there, you know, throwing the puck into his own net, and that's why he was not getting ice time. Uh, the, there's a lot of pretty good defensive prospects on the blue line there for America, and um, he 
if he was injured or the coaching staff thought he was injured too, that's probably a reason why he got less ice time. I think there's a lot of things that went into that. I don't think it's just he wasn't, you know, he wasn't making the cut. Um, and then last but not least, Adam Ginning won the bronze. Uh, three assists and 16 pims with a fl- plus four rating in seven games. The 16 penalty minutes, you get a 10-minute misconduct for boarding in, um, in junior play at IIHF, like IIHF games. So he got 12 minutes on one play in Sweden's uh, 5-2 win over Switzerland uh, during the round-robin stage. So that's really he took three penalties the entire tournament. Um, and then I read this from Scott Wheeler, who did a, a tournament recap. He was over there in the Czech Republic, and he's a, he's one of the better junior – or one of the better writers when it comes to junior hockey out there. Uh, he was talking with uh, Sweden's coach, Thomas Martin, and this is what he had to say about Adam Ginning. Uh, a quick glance at Sweden's defense leaves anyone thinking one of these things is not like the others. It's six guys who play similar styles in Ginning, who was named team captain in part because of that difference. Uh, Martin was asked about that, and his answer was great. Quote, he's the only one who plays physical. He's the mean guy. He's a great guy in the locker room, but he's one of the toughest players I've ever coached. It's a, He's a flyer. So pretty much. Oh, man. So there you go. So first of all, the whole thing about the Flyers being, you know, the Brawl Street Bullies, that whole idea is still out there. And then this just sounds like uh, sounds like he's another hag. So getting excited. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> a physical guy who uh, brings nothing offensively. So well, if one thing if one thing has been established on today's podcast, it's that you love Robert Hag. You're a big fan. Big fan from way back. Big fan of Hag. Uh Trey, the thing about Trey and Ghost now is it's not, I don't know if it, I don't know how much longer it's going to be a joke, but yeah, I'm going to go with saying Trey Ghost. <laughs> and uh, that's my stance though. Hag, put him on the top pair. Top pair should be Hag and Niskanen. Put Proverov on the third pair, only use him on special teams. That's my, that's my update for. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. All right. You want to do batch update or you want to talk about these other bullshit things first? Let's talk about these other bullshit things first. <laughs> Well, the bull- I mean, the bullshit things like we're about to dunk on the Devils and Penguins and then make fun of Zach Ronaldo. So. Yeah, so let's, let's dunk on the Devils and Penguins, and then we can uh, talk about Ronaldo, big fan. Oh, baby! Friend yeah. of the show, Zach Ronaldo. Yeah, we're going to have him on soon. Probably not. That's never going to happen. He would probably try to fight us somewhere or another. But making fun of the Devils. The only thing I wanted to do making fun of the Devils was, uh, and this was for... We were going to record last week, and then, yeah, I, I put it in the outline for... Uh, Demons Everson scored on Mackenzie Blackwood in overtime. So he scored on the Devils to beat the Devils to help the, the Leafs win. Pretty much has got the puck, tried to shoot it behind his own net, and instead shot it directly into the back of the net. And uh, that's it. That's making fun of the Devils. They're now 29th in the NHL at 15, 20, and 7 with a minus 39 goal differential. Well, I also, think there's another big thing we can do to make fun of the Devils, and yeah, that uh, would be I, – I'd like to – to read this. One. Oh yeah, go ahead. So the I think this was a, a day or two ago. The Nashville Predators parted ways with Peter Laviolette, uh long time, well not long time, but uh you might remember Lavi, Flyers coach from a few years back from the last cup run. And the thing about Lavi is he's a very intense guy who wears out his welcome at some point and that time came in Nashville. So yeah. Lavi's out in Nashville and Typically, again, when you fire your coach in January like this, you name an interim. Usually it's somebody who's just there. Oh, no, 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 no. The Nashville Predators were having no part of this. No, they knew who they wanted. They had their man. And their man was former Devils coach John Hines. Yeah, I really, I'll tell you what, that's, uh, I just like the Predators 
yeah, David Poyle is just like, oh no, they were that they weren't they were fucking up. That was just a bad team. John Hines can coach. He just he can't coach that team. He just can't coach that team. Which I mean, he might have a point. He might have a point. Yeah. He, <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, it's still like John Hines, huh? Still John Hines. That's a lot of gusto for a guy that was only coached with the Devils and then didn't really didn't really do that well. But that's uh it's something. So we'll it's see how that goes. That was decisive. I'll say that much. <laughs> it wasn't but, quite it wasn't quite the New York Giants going and going, Well, I guess we'll go with the Patriots special team coach. <laughs> but it was I almost say, that. I will say this about that that hire. I don't think I, I don't really want to dunk on the special teams aspect too much i don't think that's the worst way to go well no because i mean if you look at the the ravens not that this is an nfl podcast well, yeah. but if you look at the ravens their coach for many years now was former eagles special teams coach oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and also i mean i think you might be better than pat Shermer. not a big fan of uh big fan of the mike mccarthy hiring because i think that might be uh more the same in dallas right yeah probably and then uh, Ron Rivera scares me a little bit. I think he's a good coach. Sure, but he's also got Dan Snyder and the Washington leadership. Yeah, but again, he's gonna, this is... oh, he's gonna yeah. He, my thing is, there's a way for them to possibly be decent, but it's gonna be him overcoming yeah Snyder and the rest of the the Washington's uh, whole setup there, which could be could be something, but. Uh, and then making, well, not really making fun of the Penguins, just again pointing out another massive injury they're going to have to overcome. And they will, because they're the fucking Penguins. Uh, Jake Gensel has a sol- had shoulder surgery, and he's out for the rest of the season. Expecting to miss four to six months. He had a team-high 43 points in 39 games. And obviously Jake Gensel wouldn't usually lead the Penguins in scoring. He'd be up near the top, but you wouldn't expect him to lead the team in scoring because Crosby would be there. But Crosby's second with 38 points in 26 games because he's been injured. And in the four games since Gensel was declared out for the season, the Penguins have gone two one and one. So I'd, <sighs> we're gonna need. I'd, and the, here's the lines from their last game against the Golden Knights: Dominic Cahoon, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust. Now Malkin... I don't know who half those players are. <laughs> no, I, I know who obviously Evgeny Malkin and and Rust are. But yeah, Rust uh, is having a good season too. But who, I mean, Dominic who Cahoon, was who is that? Uh, f- uh, former Blackhawk great Dominic Cahoon on the top line for the Penguins. I'm pretty sure he's brought on to be a solid bottom six guy for the Pens. So he's on the top line now. Dominic Simone, Jared McCann, and Patrick Hornquist. Again, McCann is lighting it up this year. Apparently, he's done pretty well. Third line, Brandon Tanev, Teddy Bluger, Zach Aston Reese. That is a decent fourth line. That's their third line. And then their fourth line is Andrew Agazino. Big fan. Uh, Sam Lafferty. My Ooh, Andy Aggie. <laughs> to make fun of the Penguins. And then Alex Galchenyuk. So, Penguins are going to throw all these injuries and trade away Phil Kessel for literally no positive benefits on the current roster since Galchenyuk's on the fourth line. And yet, here we are. They just, you know, they're still doing it. They're still out there doing Penguin stuff. Not so fair. Them, all right. Last but not least before the BU, uh, you want to make fun of Zach Ronaldo for this fucking hair? I so, would love God. Nothing more than to make fun of Zach Ronaldo. And uh, I think listeners of the show know how much we enjoy Zach Ronaldo. Craig, of course, had the bar run in where uh, you went, I know, bro. <laughs> and, and I forget. <laughs> I, was it you that said, I'm blonde, bro? Did you say that? No, that? no. I just said, I know, bro. Okay. Like, Somebody tweeted that. I mean, I enjoyed it very I'm much. I'm blonde, bro. But yeah, he uh, he bleached his head. He bleached his hair. 
It'd actually be funnier if he just bleached his bald head, but I mean, I would not put it past him. But I Zach will... Ronaldo going with a, a 1999 special and just bleaching <laughs> that head blonde, he... and it it looks terrible. It looks There's... like he's ready to join Limp Biscuit at any time. He's gonna he he's Durston. Oh, he's he's Fred Durston real hard right now. Yeah, and he definitely looks. He just looks like Eminem now. I think that hair just makes you look. Like Eminem again, that was something else that was tweeted at me often with this fucking this get up here. But I couldn't think of a way to make Zach Ronaldo more like Zach Ronaldo, but Zach Ronaldo knew how to make himself look more like Zach Ronaldo. He, he went full Ronaldo, and you never go full Ronaldo. You never go full Ronaldo. And I'll tell you what, um, I'm you know what, sure he can. That's I was gonna say we should do how many points does Zach Ronaldo have this year because I don't know, and we haven't played that game. I want to say in two years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I was going to say, it involves my favorite wh- thing, which is just me waiting on you to look up stats. Why don't you talk <laughs> talk for a moment just to remind everybody about your bar story oh, with my Ronaldo? Because it it's, uh, it's, I still have the picture. I mean, I have, obviously, I still have the, the, uh, the photograph signed. He had a couple pictures you could buy before you got something signed. And I bought the picture of him knocking out BJ, BJ Crombian from like five years ago, six years ago, whatever. So like he won some fights here in Philly. So that's the picture I got. Went out to go get it signed by him. I was like, Hey Zach, you know, love you as a player, all this shit. And then he like, didn't, I said like, you're the fucking man. And he didn't even like look up. He was just signing. He's like, I know, bro. And then he just handed me back the autograph. I'm like, all right, I'll see you around, Zach. Good talking. <laughs> I know, bro. And then uh, that was me and Zach Renato. Changed my life. Uh, made me want to write about the that moment right there is why I wanted to write about the Flyers. So. Oh, you know, it was fate. It was fate. It was fate. <laughs> all right. Getting getting mildly ignored by a pro athlete who was oh, te- technically a pro athlete, I think. You're opinion. taller than him. I'm taller than him, and I want to, you know, I. I can't skate better than him. Obviously, he would beat the shit out of me in a fight. I want to say I got more offensive upside. If we're being honest, I think I can. Uh, I think I can just go in that and get the uh, redirect pucks better than him. You know, honestly, Craig, though, if if you got a bear hug on him before he could throw a punch, I actually like your odds in that fight. I don't. It all know comes about down that. to that bear hug. If you get that bear hug down, you got him. I don't know about that though, because if I bear hug him, he still might be able to get a kidney punch in. In which case, I will. Scream and cry to the ground in pain. Well, you gotta bear hug him good. Come on. I don't know if I can. Listen, I need, you I can beat the spar. You can lift. How many French bulldogs again? I can lift about sixty pounds worth of French bulldogs, which is a very, very intimidating number. It's not very <laughs> good. Know? All right, uh, Ronaldo in nine games played. How many? How many points does he have? He's only played nine games. God damn. Uh, <laughs> zero. He has three points. Oh, okay. Any two goals. goals. Two goals. What? One assist. Man. Well. <laughs> one apple for Zach. <laughs> what? So All right. just kept the uh, doctor away for one game. So, so for the career, 360, oh, games, oh, oh, 360, 360 games played. How many points? Points? Uh, uh, 30. How many did you say? 30? Yeah. 40. Ooh. All right. How many well, goals? Well, he's over a tenth of a point per game player, which I'll be honest with you, I'm shocked about. Yeah. How many I goals? Can't, I, I can't I can't believe he's still – like, he got traded in 2015. We are five years later now, and this dude is still finding NHL work. I, it's incredible. It's incredible. How many yeah, goals I, in his career? 
How many what? Goals. Uh, 20. 17. Oh, all right. So, I mean, if you Costanza his whole career until one season, that's a, that's a pretty good one season is pretty good. Yeah. He boy down his entire body of work in the, his life's work in the one day. It doesn't look that bad. <laughs> all right. You want to do the batch update now? Yeah, we can do the batch update. And just for, you know, people who might not be as familiar with this feature, I know a lot of the listeners are. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the whole thing with the batch update is this is a, a feature I reluctantly accepted onto the podcast uh, many moons ago where <laughs> Craig's brother watches The Bachelor and then reports his observations to us. And then both of us who don't watch The Bachelor then interpret and kind of talk about the bachelor based on Craig's brother's observations of the show. So it's yeah. secondhand news, the bachelor essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. So pretty much. And the reason why I brought up was, you know, we had the, we still had the watch of flowers last year. And if you were a flyers fan last year, where that last year was pretty much uh, every game was pulling teeth. And Ian, whenever I talked to Ian, he randomly just dropped in these lines about the bachelor that he thought would be funny because I don't know anything he's talking about. And I was just like, you know, I should just say this on the podcast because then I, because I don't know what I'm saying. And then people will hear these updates and they'll be like, oh, that's pretty funny. And I'll be like, I, I don't fucking know what's happening. So decided to just bring that into this season as well because people fairly like it. That's what they need. That's what they want is the, the batch update. And uh, it's back, baby. So we're back to a. Uh, Steve starts spending that money again because we're about to start rolling in the dough. We're going to get everybody from this side of the Mississippi to listen to this podcast solely because of the batch update. Solely. Solely. All right. So, uh, all right, here it is. Quote, 30 contestants meet the new batch who is Pilot Pete, apparently. <laughs> so, Oh, wow. Go. So Pilot Pete from the Bachelorette, the last one we talked yeah, about? Yeah, the last one we did. I remember him and uh, Luke Pither. And then, um, Which one had the... sex in the windmill? Well, I believe it's Pilot Pete. Oh, yeah. This blurb here, yeah. So, but uh, to continue, to continue I thought, there's a lot of plane puns, uh, flight attendant contestants, and references to Pete's notorious sexy times in the windmill. Someone greets Pete with an emotional support cow, a.k.a. an actual cow, and a majority of the other contestants okay. mistake it as a pony. I'm sorry, what? Uh, apparently, there's you can have any animal as an emotional support animal. Which I, I, I guess I am more concerned with people thinking a cow is a pony. Uh, I mean, in the right lighting, I might be able to understand that mistake. <laughs> Maybe like that's that's a straight up like that's a Simpsons uh, joke where <laughs> on the radioactive man set, they're they're painting spots onto a horse and the kids go like they go, why are you painting that horse? They go, well, it's a cow. And I go, but <laughs> why? <laughs> why don't you just use a cow? And I go. Doesn't look like a cow in film. What do you do? What do you do if you need a horse? Tie some dogs together. I actually know that joke. I've seen that one before. These so oh my god when but when the Simpsons thing, becomes real life, it just it oh my I poor say, brain. If I was to see something that was a the possibility was a cow or a pony, I'm leaning cow first. You know what I mean? You'd run into wait, wait, you run into your fair they... share of cows out in the wild. I don't let, know how many ponies me, I've come across. Let me clarify this. Did they see it and go, it's a pony? Or did they guess what it was? I, I, I again, I mean. Because God help them all. Out. If they saw a cow and they said, 
It's a pony. I, I, I have no idea. I'm going based off the information I got here. This is what I got. Yeah, maybe um, I'm just overestimating the the knowledge of what basic animals look like that you learn on the the the, uh, well, the spinning thing that makes the noises you know spinning around. I would like going, to point out, you're talking about the intelligence of these people on the Bachelor and the Bachelor. This is basic. This is a this is this is a I, kindergarten I, I, level intelligence again, I'm talking about. Again, I'd like to point out. I, I get what you're saying, and I just want to emphasize we're talking about the people that are on this show. And kindergarten. <laughs> I'll, all right. I'll just. I'll. This is. Do you want me to keep going? Should we cut it off here? No. Thank let's uh, let's keep going. Let's do it live. Fuck it. All right. Uh, Anna Ann. Hannah Ann. Who gets the first rose gives Pete a painting of the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee made by her and her grandmother. It's not impressive. So I'm guessing that's a little subjective for me in there. But uh, so there you go. I mean that's uh. I mean, I would give some props for trying to uh, attempt to paint that. It's probably a pretty hard thing to paint, in my opinion. I don't know if you would need help from a relative to finish a painting, but <laughs> or if or if I'm double teaming a painting, like it should look pretty good. Like if you got two hands on deck or four hands on deck, we're, you know, we're talking hands here. It Do you double team good. a lot of paintings? Not double teaming. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I've never <laughs> double teamed a painting. Never single teamed a painting. I've never, you know. I'm just not. This is just. Th- this is such a good note from your brother. It's not impressive. It's not impressive. I think he wanted to drive home that it just couldn't have been good. <laughs> he's just not going to give. It's not, he's not impressive. Give him any wiggle room for being impressed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, continuing quote: The first group date starts with Pete washing a plane shirtless. Then the contestants oh, ooh, do plane-related things. They go on a gyroscope to test turbulence, and Victoria P. So there's a name we got to remember. Uh, has a teacups related flashback before she elegantly pukes. Afterwards, they go through wait, a plane safety. Wait, 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 wait. A teacups related Again, flashback. I got. Is no. this like? Is this like the Disney, like the carnival teacups that you spin around in? Like it's got to be. Yeah, I think okay. that's what he's going for because that's um. Jesus I'm one of those people that has those horrible. I can't do the spinning rides. My dad is the same way. My dad is the same way. It's projectile vomit everywhere if I do them. Yeah, it's a bad time. So well, well uh, you know, I'm sorry, Victoria P, for your teacups related. Yeah, Victoria P, sorry about that, but so, apparently she puked with a lot of class. So you got to give her that. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a messy. You know, real, real gross one. But I'm also hung up on plane related things. Like, do they like get to to be a stewardess for a day and just. <laughs> <laughs> and just give out shitty meals to people and like cans of coke and like pour know, like I, half the I can assume, of coke and go here you go i would assume it would be complaining about leg space on a on a flight uh trying to use a a plane bathroom as quick as he can or flying the plane i just let them all fly the plane what's the worst that can happen <laughs> do you think pilot pete gives them the full sully experience where he lands it in a river <laughs> the full the full sully experience the full sully <laughs> That's what we're here for, the full Sully. It's just like he, he just brings them all up in the sky, and then like they hit a little bit of turbulence, and he knows he's about to try to land. He's like, oh, guess I'm going to have to land this on the Hudson. And then he just, <laughs> it's always the same. <laughs> it's always the same. <laughs> it's always the same. He actually like, arranges for a, a flock of birds to go up and, and ruin the flight so he can do this. <laughs> he's like, on my signal. <laughs> and he's got a crony on the ground just preparing to scare some birds. <laughs> I, that checks out. See that whole thing we just described. 
that is probably the best plane related thing they could do. And did they do it, Steve? I bet you they didn't. It's fucking because ABC won't get their heads out of their asses. Anyway, that's a whole different thing. They won't get their hands dirty. They don't understand the struggle. Yeah. Uh, Afterwards, continuing, quote, Afterwards, they go through a plane safety obstacle course where Kelly clearly cheats but is deemed a winner. She is awarded a one-on-one date with Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete is a reference to Pete Maravich. That's a, another subjective nickname my brother's thrown in there. So, oh wow! But uh, so I mean, she cheats and she gets rewarded for it. So I guess uh, I don't know. I, I got nothing for uh, that. Was all supposed to be one thought, but you couldn't handle the uh, teacups related flashback. <laughs> well, you know, uh... which in your defense granted yeah that's that's that'll blow your mind a little well you know this is actually in incisive commentary from abc here on the state of america on the cheaters prosper mm-hmm. you know yeah thank yeah. you it, it, well, it just cuts to the bone it. it cuts the bone yeah i mean i'm just i'm happy that you you said it because we were all thinking it so um but anyway, continuing with this, you're right. Uh, continuing, uh, Madison, a four-time basketball state champion from Alabama, gets the first solo date where they go to watch Pete's parents renew their vows. I'm sorry. It's very, it's very sunny, and no one is wearing sunglasses, so a lot of people are squinting. I mean, that sounds. When I think first dates, I'm thinking watch some old people renew their vows. Two people I don't know. Well, and there's nothing people love more than in the family photos from such a, a nice event mm-hmm. when they see yeah. a rando in there. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. Hey, remember when our son was on the bachelor and <laughs> brought a girl on a first date? I mean, she's going to look good. Right. But you know, that's pretty much what's going on. I mean, he better, he better hope she's the last one or those parents. They're not going to be happy with, uh, with, Pilot I just love Pete. the way you said the bachelor. Like you could just tell the parents are extremely disgusted. <laughs> you remember when our son was on <laughs> the bachelor? You remember Do you when? Remember that? And this guy has been on two bachelors. Yeah, he won't stop being on the bachelor. This He's guy a won't stop. Bachelor. This is actually his full time job now. Is bacheloring. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it's good money if you can get it, you know. Uh, and apparently, he's the only one out there. Doing it? I don't know. But I would also, I mean, I'm surprised that uh, not a lot of people were in sunglasses. Usually that's, I feel like a lot of people wear sunglasses nowadays. That's my comment <laughs> on that. Yeah. For, you know, ever since the creation of sunglasses. <laughs> uh, quote, later the two danced to some unknown country artist like we all did at the Winter Classic game. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's good. You can get some jabs in on the NHL uh, entertainment uh, department. Man, which... I-, I will tell you, sitting there between periods and you know just rain getting a little heavier by the minute and the flyers Listener. not playing that well and you're just listening to whatever the hell is going on here you're just well, like usually when i'm outside great. in the rain watching some mediocre hockey i'm like man i wish i could get some who's the guy that just sam hunt is that the guy they just booked for like the next winter class it's just any country musician you don't know yeah and i don't basically. mean and i don't know any I don't know any either. I know people. Can they get Willie Nelson? Uh, they've never gotten Willie Nelson. Uh, Brooks and Dunn aren't doing stuff. I, don't know I was just thinking. Wrong. I was thinking of the Stadium Series game that I was at. Oh, was Willie Nelson. Like, no, it wasn't Willie Nelson. I would remember if it was Willie Nelson. <laughs> like I don't even remember who the hell played that. I, I just remember sitting there, and then I asked my buddies to bring me back a beer, and then they came back and they brought me a cider and said that was all that was left. Because they ran out of beer. Yes, that's impressive <laughs> that they uh, did not plan for enough beer for but, the Flyers fans. Yeah, Flyers fans. Yeah, especially outdoor game. But um, let's see, where are we here? Quote um, on a second group date. Yeah, 
Yeah, on a second group date, the contestants are asked to spill the beans about an awkward sex event. To tip it off, last season's Bachelorette, who sent Pete packing, Hannah B., came ba- comes back and gives a TED Talk about her and Pete's marathon sex night in the windmill. Windmill sex. <laughs> yeah, Let's I mean, talk was, about it. Is it, a, glad... is it a mini golf windmill? Is it a full-size windmill? Who can even tell? I guess you'd have to watch the show to tell. I'm just glad that the only, literally the only thing I would remember from last year is people boning in a windmill, and that's been the point of emphasis two or three times in this update. And apparently, how can you forget it? Game. You can't. Yep. I mean, it, it's a very unforgettable thing, and I also enjoy that they brought back last season's Bachelorette too, because they're just reusing the same people for this nonsense anyway. Also, like, what isn't that? You're just meeting these people that you would potentially get married to, and then you're like, look. Me and this, me and this girl right here, all night in a windmill. So you know, up your game. This is the bar. The bar has been set. This is what I'm looking for. Let's do this. Is that what he's saying right there? Max that- boning right here. You have to live up to this. Yeah. Start your engines. Is that what start your engines? <laughs> I, that's the that's how I'm leaving it to be interpreted. So uh, later we find out that Pete and Hannah B might still have feelings for each other. There's a lot of crying. Hannah's face is covered in mascara, and Pete looks like a confused, sweaty puppy. What? I can't. This is, for me, as a a big-time fan of the show, and as watched every second, this floored me when I just read this. Um, And, I mean, if they're still in love, why are they doing the show? A lot of questions here. It's almost like it's all fake. Hey, whoa, all right, let's take it easy. I don't, don't let, don't say that on record because we're, we got to move this product here. All right. So say that towards the end when, before it goes to Bachelor in Paradise in like June or something. Bachelor but, uh, in Paradise. Uh, I, I mean, was trying to do uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise. It didn't quite work out like I wanted it to. <laughs> got to do a better job. Uh, end quote. That's the end of the Batch update. So there you go, everybody. That is the, uh, that's the first one once we get. Got a couple of new names in here. We got uh, Vicky P. That was the one that threw up after she went teacup style. <laughs> got a couple uh, then, of new names, mostly old names. Yeah, a lot of old names for some reason. And then who's the other one? Oh, Hannah B. Yeah, Hannah B. was an old name. Oh, uh, Madison, the b-ball player. Uh, she was going to dunk on Pete at some point. So, Hannah. I mean, early uh, early take. Who, who do you think is going to win this, Steve? If you had to throw out a name right now. Oh, man, it's got to be Olga. Uh, yeah, you're leaning Olga? I'm going to lean... Uh, could be Myrtle. <laughs> I'm gonna go Ethel. I think Ethel's gonna. Oh, yeah, hard. you know what? I think you're right. I think she, it's she, Ethel she all the way. She's, she, she's uh, yeah, she's the, she, the Vegas doesn't like her, but I'm gonna put the odds down. I, I was gonna I'm say gonna you're getting like plus two twenty on uh, on Ethel. So. <laughs> how many right now? How many people our age do you think are named Ethel? Five, in the Five. entire world. I had somebody point this out last year that nobody is named Craig like younger than us like in the near future I'm going to be the Herbert like my name is going to be the Herbert of the world <laughs> and if that happens I'm going to be upset I don't have any I don't have a big it's a big empty threat I'm just going to be upset is all so I'm just if if there are fans of the show out there listening just name your kids Craig and Steve just that's, that's all you gotta do that's all I'm asking you for. don't you don't gotta worry about me Steve's going nowhere yeah, it's kind of hard to dethrone Steve. I mean, it's, Steve's a pretty common name. You're damn right. Steve, uh, Mike, Chris, these are all names I don't think are going anywhere. The classics. Yeah, the classics. But keep Craig alive. Keep Craig alive.
Hashtag keep Craig alive. Yeah, I'm, bar I'm barely struggling with that right now. <laughs> you know, personally, you know what I mean? Anyway, you want to do around the league? <laughs> Let's go around the league. Around the league. Okay. All right, Alex Ovechkin moved into a tie with Timo Solani for 11th all-time on the NHL goals list with 684. Uh, next up is Mary Lemieux. He's 10th with 690. Uh, Michael Froelich was traded to the Sabres for a 2020 fourth-round pick. Uh, and the, the Sabres got that fourth-round pick because they traded Marco Scandella to the Canadians and got that in return. Big-name trade here, Laurent Defun. I was going to say, Laurent those are all the big names right there. How can we get any bigger? Laurent <laughs> Defon traded from uh, the Predators to the Canadians for Michael McCarron. Pretty much just a busted prospect uh, deal right there. Um, Buffalo's Victor Olofsson was named the Rookie of Month for, uh, for the month of December. He had 14 points in 14 games. He is also going to be out five to six weeks with a terrible case of LBI because he plays for the Sabres. And that sounds about right. Rookie uh, of Month. <laughs> Jonathan Huberdo. Tristan Jari and Artemi Panarin were named the three stars of December. Huberdeau had 22 points in 13 games. Jari, Penguins, of course, 8-1-0 with a 9.47 save percentage, 1.54 GAA, and three shutouts. You know, he might be playing a role in this whole the Penguins are dying and yet nobody they're not losing games. Like, he might be the reason why they're staying afloat. Um, Artemi Panarin, 22 points, 10 of which were goals in 14 games. Having an absolute banana, uh, bananas month, and the, the Rangers are in a playoff spot. So, Ilya Kovalchuk has signed with the Canadians for one year at 700K. He already has three assists in two games so far. Justin Williams has returned and signed a deal with the Hurricanes for one year at $2 million. Uh, Rasmus Anderson stays in Calgary for six years, $4.55 million a year. Justin Hall stays with the Leafs for three more years at $2 million a year. Uh, the Kings signed Aiden Dudas, who was a left winger they took in the fourth round of 2018 to an ELC. The Devils have signed Nikita Akoychuk. I will never be able to say that name, to an ELC. He was a left-hand defenseman they took in the second round of uh, last year's draft. You tried your best. Draft. Yeah, yeah, I did all right. Um, and then the Sabres, you want to talk about getting good money if you can. Uh, the Sabres also signed Dalton Smith to a one-year 700K deal. He has been playing with the Rochester Americans most of the season, but he signed an NHL deal on December 30th, played 126 against the Lightning on December 31st, and then got waived, and he's now back in the AHL. So he got an NHL deal to play exactly 126, and then he's back down in the AHL. Again, good money if you can get it. It's hard to find. Uh, it Chris is hard Miller. to find. Hey, wait, before you go, I, I have to... I have to get this one in because I didn't get it in when you said it earlier. Hey, Dudas. There we go. <laughs> oh, no, nice. I'll hang up and listen. I, I get that. That was a, that's a little bit of an older reference. I like that. I'm an um, old man. Uh, yeah, we are. Yes. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Chris Mueller traded to the Ducks for Patrick Seeloff, going back to the Bolts. Big name trade. Mike Riley traded to the Centers for Andrew Sturts and a 2021 fifth round pick going back to the Canadians. Uh, more players you know coming up here. Brendan Gallagher is out definitely with concussion. Steven Stamkos. I got that reference. Steven Samkos became the 167th player to reach 800 points. Marc-Andre Fleury is now sixth all-time with 457 wins. He's still chasing Lundqvist to his fifth with 458, and you know he's probably still going to get a couple more wins by the end of the year. Corey Perry was suspended five games for his hit to Ryan Ellis at the Winter Classic. Logan Couture is out six weeks with a fractured ankle. Barrett Hayton is week-to-week -week with a terrible case of UBI. Adam Pellick is out for the season with the Achilles tendon injury. Nathan Bayou is out for at least a month with an LBI. 
Kings prospect Rasmus Kupari is done for the season after he tore his ACL at the World Junior Championship. And last but not least, the Minnesota Wild will host the 2021 Winter Classic at Target Field. Is this the first Wild Winter Classic? Winter Classic, I believe. They had a couple, I think they've been in a couple Stadium Series games. I know they beat the Hawks on a Stadium Series game a couple years ago. I mean, it's nice that they're finally just starting to go with teams that aren't just the the Blackhawks, Flyers, Penguins, or Rangers for the Winter Classic. So, like, doing it with uh, the Predators and Stars this year, great idea. Please continue to do stuff like that. Yeah, and apparently there's been a lot of pushback on that because the the game was the lowest viewed Winter Classic yet. It had like 1.9 million people watching. So oh, I'm sorry the Bruins weren't included. Yeah, so I was, was... going to say, I love the theory too, but that's what the league's going to do that, and they're going to have like two more examples, and they'll be like, well, nobody's watching, and then it's going to be like, all right, Hawks, Pens, on one of the Yellow Bridges, <laughs> and then that'll be the next, next uh, Winter Classic. So I'm looking forward to it. Hooray. Hooray. I'm done, by the way. You can, we can, we can get this puppy on the road. <laughs> <laughs> if only we ended all of them like this. I'm done, by the way. We can get this puppy on the road. <laughs> well, folks, that's all we got. If you have any feedback, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can find Craig at Sports Are Bad and my God are Sports Bad. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they're pretty bad uh, right now, if we're being honest. But. Flyers did win on Wednesday. It's starting to turn around a little bit. Sixers won tonight? Sixers did, and they beat the Celtics, yeah. Uh, I was going to do the Zamula thing. I don't know if I want to do it on him now. He's going to be out for the the rest of the year. I will. There there are a couple other players I can do that type of thing on. I mean, that's the thing. I've been pumping out some tent, though. So I was going to write something about Zamula for tonight. We get out tomorrow on Friday, uh, and then besides that, uh, I don't, I don't know what else I'm working on right now, Steve. Look out know. for that tangy tint. I got, I got, I got podcasts. Uh, I'm doing some of the, some some two o'clock numbers. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Oh, I wrote the thing out. about Mark Freeman's game uh, from the ca- how we played against the Cap. So you can check that out tomorrow as well. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So that's uh, some uh, some tangy tint for you. There you go. All the tangy tent. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb, but make it Flyperbole. Also, be sure to listen to... Uh, we put out the Festivus episode of the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. the airing of grievances. That was a lot of fun. I had a great time putting that together and, and kind of hosting the airing of grievances at the at the, the Festivus party. So thanks to everybody who came out for that, and thanks to everybody who contributed. I really had fun putting that podcast together, and uh, I think it turned out great. Very happy with it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, listen to that. Listen to all of the great podcasts we have at Broad Street Hockey. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Follow PSH Radio. All that good stuff. That's all we got. And I just wanted to give a, a just dedicate this episode. We uh, lost a little member of the Flyperbole family this week. Uh, dog Buster, little French bulldog, passed away. Yeah. So sad moment. Uh, definitely, you know, gonna miss Bust. But just wanted to dedicate this episode to the little guy. He uh, created the inspiration along with Shane Gostaspare's uh, French Bulldogs for the French Bulldog measuring scale is a little, little buster. So he will be missed and uh, definitely, you know, yeah, that's all I got. Well, folks, we do thank you for listening. And until next time, good night and good hockey. Fly over me, flip, flip, fly over me.
Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!